Hey guys, as always, the Side Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to Side Characters, the podcast about diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. And I'm Leah. And we're going to start off by saying congratulations to Jordan. He got a new job. <laughs> Whee! Yeah! Yeah, yeah. I'm out of here. Super exciting. Those sounds are the planes flying by. And now, that's fireworks. He's escaped the murder torture dungeon of the serial killer known as the state no, no. he lives in. Yeah, I, I've escaped the pit of the serial killer known as Ohio. Buffalo, Ohio. But we're gone. We're done. Congratulations to Leah for having to deal with my emo-ness for the last five years. My God. <laughs> You've made it through all of the complaining and all the times when I just said, I want to leave. Listeners don't even know. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't even know how many sad and angry times that I've just texted Leah. It's like, F everything about this this um, place that we call Ohio. But Ohio's great. Um, I will say three. You know, before before we get into the topic, I'll say three good things about Ohio. No. Um. One, there's people here. Two. Um, like sometimes it's sunny. And the third one is uh, there's um uh, two really good amusement parks. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The amusement parks are the only good thing about Ohio. Like, every time I mention where I live, they're like, "Oh, but you live by the amusement park," and it's like. Yeah, that's the only thing I live by. There's nothing else. There's a reason I ran away from Ohio as soon as I could. Yeah, you ran so far away, just like the I song. Like actually, countries. Though. I legitimately yeah, you you got countries. so far from Ohio that you literally moved to two like multiple different countries in the span that you've been away. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's start this episode. We're distracted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. So on this episode, Leah, guess what we're doing. Mm. We're we're covering something that we hate most. It's something that literally every I think how many times have I sent you all caps of just why and then like the screenshot of a caption of something else they are adapting for live action. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Also, I have to t- wait, can I take an aside? I have a story. Yes, they're go making, ahead. They're making a new adaptation of Persuasion by Jane Austen, and they cast um, Dakota, what's her name? Dakota from Fanning? 50, no, the Fifty oh. Shades of Grey Oh, girl. yeah. Um, Dakota has no, like, emotions on screen. Yeah, yeah. And I legitimately Johnson, died Dakota inside. Johnson. Yeah, Dakota Johnson. I legitimately died. Because, and I had the exact same moment that you do when you go, no, and I, it was me going, no, because Persuasion is legitimately my favorite Jane Austen book. Well, I, I do love, like, the friendship where I'll send all caps, why are they doing this? And then, like, sometimes you'll sit back, um, what's the Terry Pratchett thing that they're adapting? Oh, the um, watch, the fucking the watch. shit. Oh, man. Shit. Like, that was a time when, like, I feel, truly felt like we were connected when you sent me that, because, like, this is exactly how I so felt for bad. like Ghost of the Shell and stuff. Like this is the so same bad. emotion that so I had. Bad. Anyways, it's, so we're talking about live action adaptations. We haven't even but gotten out of the intro, yeah, right? We haven't even got past the first sentence of the notes. Yeah. Okay. But most specifically, we're not just talking about live action. We wanted to take a leap into the shell end of um, specifically talking about adapting Marvel comics. 
So like, what are the pros and cons in doing this? And should we keep pushing the MCU forward? Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We're just going to have a nice little, like, you know, powwow on this topic. But first, I kind of want to just get into like the little history of the MCU, like the, the quick word of mouth history. So first, Leah, the Marvel, the very first Marvel Cinematic Universe film, MCU film, was Iron Man, and it came out in 2008. And it was followed up by The Incredible Hawk, the Edward Norton Incredible Hawk, that came out in the same year. Which I feel then, like that was too, that's too recent. Right? That, that It seems like we've been doing this for forever, but yeah, 2008, because I remember in 2008, like, going to see Iron Man with my mom, and then, like, the next day, like, gushing about how great it was with, like, Kelsey and Brittany and you and, like, everybody. Oh, I remember. yeah. I remember doing that. And then Thanks. so after that, 2009, Disney bought Marvel. And since then, there have been 23 MCU movies released total and 11 more planned to be released by 2023. So you think that's a lot. There's also 12 live action MCU TV shows that have been released before 2020, including Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and another 12 released or planned to be released through Disney Plus, including WandaVision, um, Winter Falcon, and uh, Captain Soldier. I just love, we're just going to keep with it, guys. Yeah, I just, I even say that at work when mentioning it's like, yeah, yeah, Winter Winter Falcon and Captain Soldier. And people are like, I I love it. I love it. It's Um, legitimately great. So that, I think, total is, that's 35, 47, 58 total things that are, like, Marvel movies, TV shows, etc., that are going to be out by 2023. So, yeah, 58. So Marvel is on a complete media takeover when it comes to movies, TV, all that. But... Marvel, it wasn't always about the cinematic universe. It always wasn't about, like, you know, seeing the Avengers movies and all these, like, Chris Evans and Chris Patton, all these guys on screen. Named Chris. Yeah, all these Chris, all these white guys named Chris on screen. So all these movies came from someplace, and where did they come? They came from comics and stories that were drawn media. So after that brief little word of mouth history, what are some pros and cons? We gotta, we gotta do It's more Jordan on this front because I suffer from a thing that we'll talk about later, which is the fact that I don't watch Marvel movies in theaters anymore. I watch one a year. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we first like we were going through this idea. I said, "Yeah, let's talk about the pros and cons of adapting Marvel comics." And you're like, "Superhero fatigue." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> it's like, "Yep, yeah. yep." I I feel you. I feel you. That's my name for it. <laughs> like, like before i even finished, superhero fatigue i'm like yeah but really though because like even now like i haven't watched any of the new marvel tv shows wandavision captain soldier winter falcon um i haven't watched any of that and i haven't watched the second season of luke cage the second and third of jessica jones or the third of daredevil or oh and i forgot about the punisher that's also the, i haven't watched any of that so like yeah superhero fatigue's coming later but i want to get the good part out first so and yeah this this is my wheelhouse i think leah truly saw this the other day when we started talking back and forth about comics and i just like sit like five pages of text of just like comics yeah i know you know just so people 
I don't have to defend myself to anyone you here. Don't no. But what? I'm also gonna say I do know X Men. I grew up with yeah, that oh, shit. Yeah. I do know X Men pretty well. Um, well, that was like a cornerstone of our early friendship. Is talking about X Men and X Men Evolution. Yeah, that was a great show. Um, otherwise, I don't. I do. I did more manga than comics. Actual comics. My brother collected comics, not me. Yeah, I I was manga first, and then like especially um, late high school, college era was when I like deep dove into comics because like like I did like Spider Man comics growing up, but like when actually following certain storylines but yeah we we're getting we're so off topic okay like not really because we're still talking about comics so pro of the marvel comics getting um live action adaptations and getting like turned into live action movies the huge pro of that is that we get to adapt a large huge absolutely huge well of nerd media and so like marvel has hundreds of superheroes so there's a large amount of different stories different types of characters that will finally make it on screen and like i know there was a lot of like complaints in the last few years of like okay we're seeing the same ideas and the same stories and stuff getting made but like with marvel i think it is if they do it right we can see so many different styles of movies and tv shows coming out i will agree with that like just i don't know if it's the disney one but it did just look at the like spider-man into the spider-verse like yeah and and we're getting back x-men which fuck you know how many x-men heroes there are i've been wanting a good storyline i know i i just i want some good x-men movies of like not fucking wolverine (laughs) right well that's the thing that all the x-men movies revolve around wolverine and also i do want to say with this mcu talk that technically doesn't count all the X-Men stuff because that's not in the MCU. So there's even more Marvel movies yeah. that yeah. I didn't count for. Yeah. I think another like 12 or 15. Uh-huh. That doesn't count like doesn't count Deadpool, doesn't count all that, but that's all being all brought into MCU. Spider-Man. Oh yeah, doesn't count the what are we at? Um uh, 8 or 9 Spider-Man movies. I don't know. Oh, and actually no cuz the last 3 are MCU Spider-Man movies. But it doesn't count the six Spider-Man movies. Doesn't count the nine or ten X-Men movies and Wolverine movies. Deadpool, doesn't count Deadpool. Either. But yeah, so but now that Marvel's taking control of all that, like we have this huge well of heroes, and like we have this huge well of like untouched heroes that we haven't even seen. So like I, I do think that a huge pro of this is like Marvel helps create an infinite well of nerd content, driving nerd culture into the mainstream, and like. No longer is it weird to like comic books and like this. This is like a huge thing that people like parents are taking their kids and parents are getting into like all types of people, all everybody, all walks of life are finally getting into the comic book side of things. And, and just like yeah. look at the one example we got here. Like I think people have forgotten this, but the fact was is that before MCU People had no clue what Comic-Cons are. Yeah. I I don't know if it was particularly, if it was that specifically, because I know other people did releases, but MCU and Marvel was what drove forward the, let's go to San Diego Comic-Con every year and see what movies are going to be announced. Yeah. Because actual people went to them, that it became impossible to go to them because there was so many people at them because there was like legitimate 
Like, you would find out news. Things would be released. You would find out information. Like, a large portion of what made Comic-Con's mainstream was that that happening with Marvel, with Marvel movies. Like, them going to these things and being like, we're announcing the new movies. We have all these famous people coming. Like, the fact is, is that that's how most people heard about that Comic-Cons were a thing and then started going to them in the ones that where they lived. Yeah. Yeah, like completely changed really, the scale. It exploded for the Comic Con because, and like, does a lot for the pageantry of Comic Con because, like, now we have people like seeing these things, like seeing these costumes made and stuff. So, like, cosplay with Marvel is become a huge thing, and like, we're seeing like adaptations, well, personal adaptations of the costumes from comic books and from the movies, and like, people are really getting into it. And like you said, it's like. Now it's even bigger of a thing where it's like they have autograph signings of like MCU actors and things like that. So that's a huge part of it. Like the trailers, we get like first like looks of episodes of stuff stuff coming out at these comic cons. And like now from a thing that was like niche and kind of just like under like under a rock is now like the this glowing city of content and everybody's getting into it and it and I mean, we've talked about gatekeeping, we've talked about stuff like that before, but like it's becoming like a very welcoming, a very open, open thing. And I think that Marvel is truly driving that with this type of content because like it's democratized nerd media. Yeah. Like it's it's made it so that it's not exclusive anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's made it so it's not because like comic books were like almost kind of like an inaccessible thing it's like also a thing that looks like like only certain people do or read and like money, money, these money. stories were like such like a, like well if you have money to pay f- like nowadays five dollars for a single issue of a comic book like that's how you do it and the, and it's there's so much there is so many comics out there that it is hard for like people who are just getting into comics to actually like find a solid storyline that doesn't jump to different superheroes comics and like actually find stories and like actually get into the origins and all of that it's comics were very very hard to get into and so marvel does a thing like where they kind of actually gather up all the comics and have all these ideas and then release the movies based on like these huge ideas and huge arcs that maybe even happened like five different times in the comics like getting into a comic is like trying to watch one episode of a soap opera and tell yourself what the whole soap opera is about. Oh my god, that's probably why I never got into them is because I like things that have a definitive start and end. Yeah, and they don't, and I'm like, I can't. There are like can't. twenty different Spider-Man like or well, it starts and ends. Like there's so much and like that. So so Marvel does a good, and I mean yes, there's also three different Spider-Man starts and ends in like MCU, but Marvel does a good job at like narrowing it down and making. it um concise so that people can get into it and that's like that's another part of the pro is like we're catering to everybody making it easy to be a part of nerd culture where it's no longer like this thing this trek where you had to track down like issue number one of amazing spider-man and then like also look at superior spider-man to even get like what's going on in the spider-verse right now I think you could probably find a majority of people on the street who could tell you basically Spider-Man's origin, which allowed people then to do Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because everybody knew that origin. Yeah. And it's like that type of thing is everywhere. Yeah. And like, and I, and so the other, especially speaking of Spider-Verse, like the other pro that I really want to like is, 
it creates like this excitement of because there's so much content coming out because there's so much already there and we're like we are on phase like 55 of marvel's thing that's i don't nerds don't come at me i'm, I'm exaggerating but it creates the excitement of not if the superhero you like or the story you like will get a movie or tv show but when and like spider-verse was something that i never thought would happen on screen and to actually like see like the stories and see spider gwen and miles morales get like the spotlight in a movie that was mind-blowing to me and also it's one of the best marvel movies period um you got anything or do you want me to just keep driving forward? Because I feel like I'm just like driving a train and like you're, leaving you're, you in the dust. Keep going. Okay. I, keep yeah, going. I feel like I'm just leaving you in dust because I'm just like, Marvel. I, well, I don't, I, you know, and this is the part where I'm like, I I don't know. I don't have the background in the no- characters to give you any other information. I'm like, sometimes I'll like what comes out and I'm like, hey, this is cool. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, this is pretty neat. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that, that was pretty Super fun. Um, but, and then. And I kind of already mentioned this, like with the Spider Verse, but like Marvel is finding interesting ways to portray characters that we love in interesting way. Like we're finally after three or four times of getting the Sp- Spider Man, um, okay, Uncle Ben dies, and this is why he goes all that. Like we're getting more interesting ways, like Spider Verse. We didn't have to see Uncle Ben die again. Um, we're getting like cool ways of putting like cooler heroes guardians of galaxies like showing cooler heroes and cooler villains that like are kind of um in the like background of the mcu so marvel is doing a very good job of like like doing kind of that nerd fan service of like hey 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 we know you know this like super obscure character let's put him on screen for you and now part five of um the further (laughs) we're moving forward the more likely, and this is like the part that pertains to the show, the more likely we are to see the diverse side of uh, Marvel with the whole all new agenda from the comics. And like, we got to finally see the first sign of this and like truly, truly, truly first sign of this with um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier when we finally got to see Falcon's Captain America outfit and we finally got to see the... um, don't want to like patronize it but like the black captain america like now it starts we're going to get there's plans to make miss marvel kamala khan there's plans to do all the like super diverse stuff we're we're getting there and the more we go on the more diversity we're gonna see we're seeing shing si she she mess that pronunciation we're seeing that where we're seeing a Asian superhero on screen and we're seeing black superheroes on screen and they're not just side characters anymore. They get their own movies, man. Yep. Um so yeah, Leah, you're you're quick aside. I don't I don't even know. Yeah, what did you think of the Miss Marvel's costume? It was released a couple days ago. Yeah, it was released a bit ago. Um I because th- <laughs> when you mentioned it to me, I hadn't seen it, so I looked it up, and I'm like, "Oh hell yeah!" Because it looks exactly how it does in the comics, and she looks cool. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, it yeah, good. a Muslim hero, and we're like, did you ever think that was going to like happen in mainstream? Not with Marvels and sex, no, no, <laughs> yeah, ex- not with, and now we're getting close to the cons, but not with Marvels execs because like. Before pre- before Black Panther, before Captain Marvel, they didn't think this type of shit sold to the big screen. So 
they weren't going to make it, but the comics do gangbusters and people see these characters finally looking like them and they're like, make this for us. You do whitey make white white. Let's get muzzle. Let's get black. Let's get all these cool characters in here. I'm yeah. passionate about comics. I can tell. It's fine. Can you? I'm just sitting here. I'm 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 more I'm more uh, a, a listener today. <laughs> this is because we we, we do talk. like sometimes when we do topics that but like one and not the other is like very passionate about like when we did sex and consent i was kind of just sitting there for half of it and like when you talked about the um boys love stuff i was just kind of like and then when we do a full boys love episode i'm gonna just be there this is the episode where leah's just gonna be there (laughs) that's the point of that episode is for you to be there and experience new things that you don't know about i mean this is kind of the point for me to scream about the pros of i mean because i feel like you're gonna have way more to say about the cons of marvel oh i do yeah, yeah, like this. This part of the episode is the Jordan gush episode. The next part of the episode is like, okay, yeah. So after all that gushing, let's get to the bad part of it. So the con. Well, there are other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are. Yeah, so I I wanted to highlight all that stuff because I do think that Marvel's doing relatively a good job, and I, and I'm excited about the stuff that's coming out, and I'm excited about the future, especially for that last point of we are getting the new agenda, the diverse agenda, where they hired a bunch of diverse writers and um, artists, and they made a bunch of diverse comics. So, Leah, do you want to start with um, cons, or do you want me to start oh, with cons? Oh, yeah. Sure, I'll start with the cons. As many people know, most of the movies starred white cis male leads, like everybody thought. As I was mentioning, basically- um, Whitey McWhite White. Okay, Leah. Off the top of your head, don't even, don't even, like, huh. just name five huh. Marvel superheroes of the MCU. Just name five. Oh, God. Five? Yeah. Five Thor, Thor, Captain America, Doctor Strange, Loki, um, Iron Man, uh, what other ones are there? Spider-Man, um, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so that should be enough. Almost all of them, especially the movies Literally. you said, are led by white cis males, and that's just yes, they are without even like giving it too much time. It's just like off the top of your head, five, um, yeah, white, 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 white. Most of them, outside of Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Black Widow, all of the films have centered around white male characters. And you can say, oh, well, Black Widow's in other movies. It's like, yeah, but she was a side character. And there's other issues with that. Yeah. We'll get to later. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So so, so just point, pointing out that out of 23 movies, three of them focused on someone who wasn't a white man. And, like, I think, like, almost the first ones that they had that were female and, and minority-led were Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, which not saying those weren't great because they were, but they were also small screen. Small screen. Yeah, I was about to say, they also weren't mainstream like in the theater movies. Yeah. They were exclusive yeah. Netflix originals. Yeah. Yeah. So you ha- had to go out of your way to watch them rather than just walk into a movie theater. Like, like they weren't big screen things. So yeah, we got like, so out of what did I say? There was like 12 shows. So yeah, we got... um three of those well we have a few of those but still and that wasn't even the first one the first one was daredevil yeah the first one was daredevil right and but yeah so but even just specifically looking at the movies 23 and 3 
like that percentage is so low. <laughs> yeah. And yes, and I know like three of the story. four of those movies are Avengers movies and those are team movies. So but even cutting that out. Um, so, so 19 versus three again. And look at the portion of heroes in screen time to screen time in those team movies. Like they're going to be white men heavy because all the characters are white men that you've introduced. And like, even the female, I think I would, oh, I was, so I watched, finally, I watched Dr. Strange Mm -hmm. this past year. Oh, finally. And I read a review of it afterwards where they were talking about, um, Rachel McAdams character and the person was like she's legitimately the she's barely in the movie but she's the most interesting romantic lead that they've had in the MCU in a really like like ever basically she has the most agency she's like funny and has like cares about her job and shit like that in a movie and I'm like wow she's one of the best ones fuck like that's oh even outside of her Tilda Swinton's in there too, and she kills it every second she's on the screen. But again, she's also kind of to the side because the movie is Doctor Strange, not the Old Master, whatever her name was. Yeah. Well, also questioning the fact that should Tilda Swinton have? Yeah, been I mean, it should have been an role. Asian um, actor or actress, but you know, it, it, we'll, we'll get to that one day. Um, but yeah, it's 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 Marvel's formula to create a funny, white, confident male character as the norm. It continues to push the white male default, especially for superheroes. Like I always bring up when I was a kid, I thought you had to be a white man to be a superhero. That's not the case in the comics. And this is also like what Marvel execs think sell. Yes. This is legitimately like there have been multiple scandals of scandals. It's barely even a scandal because people are like, yep, they've said it again. (laughs) They've done it again. Marvel execs leaked again that marvel execs were like oh female lead can't can't sell black leads don't sell like this is very well known that marvel execs are just like no we don't think any diversity will sell like that that's happened multiple times since 2008 well i mean even to the point where i remember sending you an article one day because i was just upset about it and your response was "Ugh, again and it's like yep yeah again it was not even like oh my god this is so terrible we were both just like it's again again they're talking about how movies that don't feature white men don't sell. And we're just like, again, okay. Okay. Really? Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. We love it. Yeah. Thank you. But, mm-hmm. and then because white male is the default, because of this formula that a funny white man needs to be the main lead hero and needs to save minorities or other people, that only person who can save people is a white man, do this formula. There is always huge pushback every time there is a non-male, non-white lead on screen. So, like, see the response to She-Hulk. See the, like, the announcement for She-Hulk. See the response to um, Captain Marvel and Black Panther. There was always, like, oh, why do we need it? We don't need this. You're taking away what's good about Marvel. There's always that disgusting pushback because it is made the default. And the fact is, is that, like, does everybody remember when fucking people came after Brie Larson for not smiling? Oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. That was just, like, seriously? You look at every, how every other male hero is portrayed and they're allowed to, like, have like not be smiling also who the fuck would be smiling in most of the circumstances they're put in like 
Yeah. 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 Especially like Spider-Man should never smile because he literally has been through the ringer of just like so many tragic things happened to him. Like he needs therapy. Spider-Man needs a lot of therapy. But also like I think a lot of people have forgotten this by now because it has been a long time since these movies came out of the fact that like does everybody remember that they delayed every single non-white male movie Mm -hmm. regularly? Like black widow movie hello that was supposed to be like the first movie that they did and they pushed it back and we still haven't gotten it it's been pushed back to like phase four or five or whatever we're on now and i'm like really captain marvel got pushed back several years black panther got pushed back several years like yes i i do get that things happen with production but it also is like really you had to do ant-man and wasp before before Black Panther? Really? But, like, actually, uh, but I mean. What? Did I get that wrong? I'm no, no, sure they did Ant-Man before, before Black Panther, but not Ant-Man and Wasp because they have two separate Oh, sorry. Movies. It's fine. I forgot that there's a difference. Yeah, there, that, I just, that's why I stopped. It's like, I know what you mean, but yeah, there is two. Yeah, because they did do Ant-Man before, like this official Ant-Man before Black Panther, but Ant-Man and Wasp comes after, and it doesn't, it literally. Yeah, I just think the fact that I can't tell the difference between the Ant-Man movies shows... I also am like, who the fuck cares about Ant-Man? I could give a flying rat's ass about (laughs) Ant-Man. I mean, but, like, really on that point, like, I think Captain... Like, Black Widow was supposed to get something or some featurette, like, around when Iron Man 2 came out. And Captain Marvel was supposed to be Phase 1, I think, was what they were trying to do. And I know, like, things story-wise got mixed up, but also still, we didn't get... The lead female, first lead female movie until like 10 years after the Marvel movie started. That was so short ago. Oh my god. Awful. But then, going back to, let's talk about Black Widow. Because we're just basically dredging up all the stories that everybody <laughs> remember. At least that Jordan and I, like these are conversations that Jordan and I have had and been angry about for years. For now, years. Which is, for years. The gender equality in products. The fact that... I don't know if you guys remember it, but there was a like viral video of a kid being incredibly angry that they couldn't find Black Widow dolls. And like the internet exploded in the fact that you like at the time of the first Avenger movie couldn't find a single Black Widow (laughs) piece of merchandise. Like I'm not joking. You could not. There was not a single piece of Black Widow merchandise. There wasn't even dolls. There was anything. And so they just, and this still continues today. Like there is still disproportionately less female merchandise and way more male merchandise per hero. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, Black Widow still is underrepresented. And this basically just reinforces the gender divide in toys. It's, It's frustrating because it makes you feel like, well, then they're not. They don't carry the same weight, and they're not the same type of hero too. That that that's the type of thing that it does, and it's just like you can't even buy toys for your kids with the hero. Like what what happens when your kid's favorite um hero is Black Widow, or your kid's favorite hero is Captain Marvel? You want to like get them a toy, just like any parent want to do, but you can't. Like how it's effed like- up is that that you can't get your you can't get your kid the toy of the hero they like. 
But you can get like yeah. five million Iron Mans for them. But what if they don't? What if they're like, oh, I want to be a badass hero just like Captain Marvel. You can't do that for them. And that sucks. I just don't understand the fact of the matter was when it there wasn't a single piece of Black Widow merchandise of the fact that like you're just like don't you want to segment your population like you're making like the bad business choices like I get that people are going to be like well they might not sell it they have as much like because women won't buy as much great you want to throw that shit out why was there none because then you're just cutting off an entire segment of your population it's like you're legitimately just losing money well it's kind of the same thing I said about which is ironic because it's Scarlett Johansson as well but it's kind of the same thing I said about Ghost in the Shell is just truly not believing in the product that you have. Not believing in, like, thinking that this thing would actually sell and actually do this. Because, like, people would have bought Black Widow. Like, and I know there's tons of, like, nerds who are men who would have bought the Black Widow toy, too. Like, Oh, well, and even, like, kids. Like, there are so many, like, it didn't even have to be a female thing. People want the full set. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like, that's a thing. That's kid. Kids want the whole set. And that's. Yeah. And as much as I don't like Scarlett Johansson, it's been taking everything and me not just be like, ah, it's like she's a badass woman in that movie. And she does a really good job. And like, why not reinforce that with like giving it the same amount as you would a male character? But yeah, it helps reinforce the gender divide in toys. Mm. Sorry. I just. But yeah, it, it just continues to, you know, divide us. And. I'm I'm glad that like Marvel execs and all of that still like doing the same shit different day. Oh yeah, let's talk about my favorite thing. The, the I don't know if I coined this or I heard this online. I call it superhero fatigue. People, <laughs> what it is is that I'm done with superhero movies. I'm done. I now well I love I love these movies. Like I've watched like I watched a lot of them. Every single movie that came out until only a few years ago yeah it's only been a few years like it's but there was a lot of movies yeah yeah like it's like you stopped i didn't watch it as i say it's like maybe shortly around the age of ultron time yeah that's yeah and then i so at that point i was just getting so tired of the movies because they were doing there's just so much they were everywhere all the time and I was like, okay. And so I s- then started paring it down to maybe like one a year. And now I I don't even know, like before last year, I don't even know if I watched a Marvel movie like that year. And I have watched now Lockdown Changed Things and I did get access to Disney Plus. So I did do a round of like, oh, maybe I should actually watch Thor Ragnarok. It's real good. <laughs> <laughs> it's real good. I, and I watched Doctor Strange on disney plus because i was like all right i'm gonna finally do some of these get some of these off my plate but like yeah you can oversaturate a market and that's what i term superhero fatigue yeah and okay so i don't know that we have two bullet points here and two that i'm equally passionate about and i don't know which one i want to get to first so i'll just start with the first one first so it's because of this Marvel superheroes and superheroes it's like the it's like the zombie boom of the early 2000s mm-hmm. people started liking zombies and then every movie that came out had to be about zombies and then people got super tired of zombies but then they kept like shoving zombies down our throat <coughs> sorry walking yeah. dead f you um 
<laughs> kidding. So I did the Walking Dead. It's still on. Yes, it's it's, it's st- still on. I think the comic is still ongoing too. Like even more so than just the show. I think the comic's still ongoing. Yeah. That comic has so, has some of the most issues of like an American comic. But anyways, read it. It's becoming to the point where superheroes, just like zombies, are becoming the only type of nerd media that is represented in the mainstream. We don't really get too much yeah. fantasy. We don't get too many sci-fis and things like that. We're just getting big, giant superhero movies constantly. And so this helps us shrink the playing field for all other nerd content because the execs do, well, this is what sells, so let's do what sells. Let's not take risk. And that's becoming, now it's becoming zombie, it's zombie fatigue all over again. You know what's funny too is that they were smart and they realized that they oversaturated the Star Wars market. And they've kind of stopped. Like they actually realized, oh shit, after Han Solo, people can get too much Star Wars. And why god they just haven't lost enough money with the marvels no, like they I won't just... they will not lose money with marvel they know that it's always oh. always always going to sell i just want different stories i just want something else and the thing is there's more comics that are really good that aren't marvel like and i'll talk about it at the very end of the show but image comics does a lot of really good um comics that are non-superhero non-marvel like pageantry comics why can't we we're not gonna get those because only thing that sells is superhero or it gets turned into a tv show that's on netflix or something like that and it's not as big i'm like you would think after game of thrones we would have way more fantasy shit you and we didn't get it and i'm pissed (laughs) i want more fantasy give me more fantasy not that i mind the fact that we currently have a trend on of uh romantic fantasy is very popular right now adapting pretty much every single type of like romantic fantasy into a tv show very like shadow big. and bone like all the yeah fairy dick pretty much uh that's also being adapted <laughs> yes. uh fairy dick is is being adapted into when that gets TV adapted show. can we just um, like do that's the time i want to do like a review show with glenn <laughs> well we should do it before then that it'll be a year okay, or two let's do it. um but yeah the but like where's my where's my epic fantasy where's my other shit why the fuck is it just superheroes why sci-fi is there's so many things you can do space odyssey that's not like like and i'm kind of like star wars because disney is taking over everything and marvel has something to do with that like we don't really see too much sci-fi outside of that too and it's just like we're not seeing other stories because all we're seeing is superheroes and then we're not even because like there is like a really large sci-fi side of marvel and there's a magic fantasy side of marvel we're probably not going to get to it yeah <sighs> we're not going yeah. to get to it but the so other side of it is we're seeing the same formulaic movies as much as i love marvel as much as i even love black panther marvel has a formula and it is very obvious with all the movies they're they're for all the first superhero movies like black panther's first movie ant-man's first movie iron man's it's they all run the same thing guy gets this power he has to find out how to really use that power to make a difference and then someone comes along to try to stop him or try to like do something bad who has a very related to yeah related to his past who has a very similar power every single marvel movie does the same thing 
that will sorry every single first hero movie does the same thing it is so predictable right now and like i don't want to keep seeing that same movie every single time every time they put a new um hero on screen they do exactly that captain marvel did it thor did it black panther every single one does it just gotta say though i don't remember where i heard this fact but and i'm probably gonna like i can't give you the exact numbers because i can't remember them but the fact is, is that the amount of time that they've spent detailing Spider-Man's origin, it doesn't make any sense for the actual comic book runs because they like from the time Spider-Man has been out to now, he's so in most of the movies, he's a teenager and like it's his origin story and he's a teenager and he's quite young. And the fact is, is that he hasn't like in the amount of the percentage of like the comic books. He's a teenager for, like, I think it was, like, less than 20% of the yeah. time. Like, he, in the comics, is rarely a teenager. It's rarely that. It's him established in his career out of university working at a newspaper office. Like, that is the majority of Spider-Man is him not as a teenager. And the majority of the movies have been about his origin story and him as a teenager, young adult. And no offense to Tom Holland, but it's going to stay that way. But then also, we've only seen, like, 10% of Spider-Man's like villains or 10% of the characters in Spider-Man's universe. Like we've seen Green Goblin twice now. We've seen um I guess technically the Hobgoblin. We we've seen Goblins, we see Venom, we've Octo. seen Dr. Oct, um and the Lizard Man. And like I know I'm probably oh and Mysterio. There are so many other really cool heroes in there. Oh, we also saw Sandman, but he got a really shitty movie. So, but wait, there was a Sandman. No, movie? Sa what? So not like Neil Gaiman Sandman, like Spider-Man's villain Sandman. I know. I just oh the third Spider-Man with like, the really bad one. Oh, with yes. the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I I yeah. love that. That's how you're brave with the really bad dance scene. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Yep. That's oh, what okay. I was the last con, and like, there's probably more, but the last like big one that we wanted to point out was um, also because of the MCU and because of like the way that they're presenting things. And like, be, okay, breaking it down, Marvel can't word for word do the comics in the movies because that would be so convoluted and so weird. So they have to like take chances and like you know change things and like make things more functional and more concise. So the movies are different from the comics. And you know what? As a huge comics nerd and movie nerd, I say that's perfectly fine. But because of that, there is a huge side of gatekeeping of the new nerds who just come into the Marvel love through the movies. Um, Yeah, there's, there's huge gatekeeping of people being like, well, you're not a real Marvel fan because you don't watch the, uh, read the comics and you don't know who this character is because you only see the movies. There, there's that, like, that nasty side of Marvel is coming out and we're getting more of that and more and more of that. And it's really, really sad to see because it's like the point of yeah. these movies is, like we said in the pros, is to bring tons of people in and make nerd media mainstream. But the way that we're seeing like the reactions to it is like making people not want it and it's only getting nastier the more it goes forward. Well, and this is a legitimate question that we've had a discussion with someone we know about that they asked, which is and that I've heard other nerds ask, which is is Marvel movies a part of nerd culture or are they just mainstream media? 
And that's the thing is that gets asked now. Nerds are like, does it, should it be allowed in? Should it be allowed in? Are they allowed into this? That's what that question asks. And it's like, who the fuck Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, it literally doesn't matter. It is nerdy because, like, based off our definition from, like, 26 episodes ago, who cares? It's part of nerd culture. You can't just say this piece of it is not. 25. Isn't this episode? Oh, shoot. This is episode 25. Hi, I'm looking at the title of the document we're looking at. Hey, hey, Leah. Hey, Leah. Hey, Leah. Shut up. (laughs) You know what? You know what? Yeah, no, it that kind of pisses me off because that question of like, should it be included or not is that's gatekeeping. I'm sorry, that that is gatekeeping. And who cares? Don't you want the next generation to also love Spider-Man? Like just saying the fact is that there's people like kids discovering things that you love actually is heartwarming to watch like watching kids on on videos and stuff being like oh my god i love this character and watching a girl be like i love this character is amazing like all the people who were like falling in love with princess leia when she came out in the in the new movies was just like yes please go at it love general leia now please like come on it's that same kind of excitement because when i see like when I go to the comic cons as we spoke to before, I see all sorts of different people, and a lot of them are new nerds. Like just like, oh, hey, this is my first con. So like, I just watched this movie. I want to know more. And I remember like just seeing just especially kids in costumes and like grow like older people in costumes, and like you would see like the big like bulky jock in the costume who's like i just love captain marvel like you see all sorts of people and they're all new and they're all were brought in due to these movies and it's like why would we want to stop this from happening wouldn't you want a world of people who like the same thing as you like wouldn't you love to be able to bounce off and like bounce off ideas and talk about this isn't that like awesome to like not feel isolated or weird for liking the thing you like two things two things on my friend so first is that this is the exact same as the nintendo and the same yes. issue like marvel is readily not being classified as nerdy enough for nerd culture it's you're basically hipsterifying it you're like it's no it's it's a hipster it's not it's not cool anymore because everybody likes it except at the same time it's even worse than that because you're saying no one's allowed to like it as much as you're allowed to like it and the second thing is, is I can give you an example of how this shouldn't be what happens. Because I was, I love Terry Pratchett to an insane yep. amount. As Jordan yep. knows, I am very big Terry Pratchett fan. I love Terry Pratchett. Do you, do you know how happy I was that they made an adaptation of Good mm-hmm. Omens? Like... I'm so happy that they made that and that that was people's first experience of Terry Pratchett, like particularly in North America, who people who hadn't seen any of the TV movies that have been made in the UK, like it was a great adaptation and it got a lot of people and a lot of people loved it. And a lot of people loved the characters and the amount of fan art and stuff about um, Crowley and uh, that it's just so, it's so great. It makes me so happy because it's just like, and I wish they mentioned Terry more. Yes, that's a thing I always get pissed off about is that I'm like, Terry wrote two-thirds of the book. They both acknowledge that. Um, but it's just like, I'm so happy that more people are discovering what makes this yeah. awesome and how, like, it shouldn't be hit under a rock because it's amazing. 
And it's the same thing that people should be doing. Shouldn't you want everyone to love what you like? Yeah. Like, if I have more people to talk about the weird niche things that I like, I'll be so... Like, like starting a conversation, especially when people are like, oh, yeah, I just read this thing. It's like, okay, I don't want to overwhelm you, but, like, I would love if you, like, dove in more. Like, like being excited and bringing people in and not just being, oh, you haven't read this one yet? Being like, oh, you haven't read this? Like, holy crap, you're going to love it. Not like, oh, you're not a real nerd because you haven't read it. There's, like, there's two sides of it. Be excited. Don't be closing the door on people's face. But that's a that's a thing that's happening because of this is that it's opening up like more and more people are just being gross about it, man. And I hate it. Yeah. It sucks because you should just be happy. You should be happy that more people like the things that you like and that you like. It means that you'll get more of these movies and you'll see more of your favorite characters. And like, that's a good thing if you like that shit. Although I personally am like, let's go, let's make some <laughs> right. movies. But if you want that, you could go. Like, just, well, I, oh. I think that's the greatest pro of this is that more people are coming into neuroculture through this. It, like, like Marvel is the gateway drug right now. Marvel is the thing that's like bringing people in, getting people excited about nerd meaning. And once you start, like, you, there's so many things behind the scenes that aren't just these movies that you can latch on to and that i think is a good pro of like the marvel and and adapting it is to bring in more people and to expand nerd culture to being more than just a weird niche thing that's hard to get into consider for an example uh the resurgence of dungeons and dragon and its mainstream Mm -hmm. popularity coming up now and, like, I think there are multiple routes you can pinpoint that down to its rise in popularity. But I do think that a lot of it comes from its presence in Stranger Things and Critical mm-hmm. Role. Two things that have popularized genre and basically revived yeah. it. Like, not that I'm saying that it was it was an any chance way of die, dying, but it's huge now. And the fact is, is that the number of people who uh, who play it who probably wouldn't have played it, like I was, I thought for a very long time that D and D wasn't was too nerdy for me. Like I right. couldn't do it, and now I love it. Right? Fucking DM every other week. This is this is what has happened to me. Um, but that's because it's become way more accepted, and it revived that entire. It revived the D and D industry. Like, come on, yeah, good thing. It's a great thing. It's a good thing. Keeps keeps your thing things from yeah. dying, and it allows. And comic books have gotten a resurgence out of this, and all sorts of shit. Like comic book industry should have died. Yeah, it, I'm it, sorry, it was close it to should it. Have it was really close to dying. Yeah, and it's still alive. And I think you have Disney to thank yeah, for that. Yeah, I know. We, we like when Disney first bought bought Bert. When Disney first Bert, whatever. When Disney first bought yeah. Marvel, I was scared because I'm like, okay, well they're gonna turn it into like basically be kingdom hearts where we get mickey mouse fighting alongside iron man i was afraid it was going to be like this yeah. thing but the fact that disney like actually put an investment into marvel and it actually has boomed and like brought to life a lot of things that i thought were going to die i think that's great and i'm happy about it yeah it can be better like all things and let's continue to push for that but i'm happy with what we got 
So, wrapping up, as we tend to do sometimes, um, we're going to do our usual, what have you been up to? Leah, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay, so on the um, topic of superheroes, I have been watching the Amazon Prime show Invincible, based off- As a recommendation the- okay. from me. I know you I had did. to say it. I know you did. <laughs> Anyways, ignoring Leah- um, <laughs> Based off a recommendation from Leah, me. Um, it's also based on the um, image comic series Invincible. Um, you know, about a guy whose dad is a great superhero and who just started developing his powers and he wants to be a superhero and kind of takes on the mantle. And But there's some kind of, you know, messed up things behind the scenes that are happening. And we get to find out what so it's honestly it's really good it's probably one of the more violent and like more messed up things i've ever watched like as far as cartoons but man it's great and like with this we are behind the scenes behind marvel we are getting a little bit more of a push of like the image comics and the indie comics actually getting a little bit more of a spotlight so we're getting hopefully gonna get some more image stuff coming out soon but you know we'll see yeah on that, uh, just a little ad, because I like Invincible as well. I would say anybody who's looking into it, that it's got some violence similar to, like, The Boys. I would say it's about equivalent, so definitely would probably fit into the yeah. ultra-violent TV show category. Um, but I would say if you loved the styles of the cartoons in the 90s that we grew up with of superheroes... It's that exact same animation yeah, that style. style and like the kind of the same type of color palette of like a static shock type thing where it's like very vibrant. Like his yeah. costume is very vibrant. It's very colorful show. It, yeah. It reminds me a lot of like Young Justice except for like extreme violence. But yeah, I think the text that I sent to you is like Mortal Kombat levels of violence. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it gets a little gross at times. Good. You do see gut splatter a few separate occasions. Yeah. On a lighter note, though. <laughs> um, actually, mine's not that much lighter because it gives you the feels. I didn't really have anything to contribute for what I've been up to. I've just been chugging along watching K-dramas and shit this week. Um, but I did watch, I have been watching one that a lot of people, you if you don't watch K-dramas, you probably saw it advertised still on Netflix because a bunch of people, when they said the name this week, were like, oh, I know that. I'm like, you don't watch K-dramas. How do you know this? Um, which is the It's Okay to Not Be Okay on Netflix. It was, like, the most popular show in the romance category on Netflix in 2020. Um, uh, it's a K-drama that's probably the most, like, a Netflix show of any K-drama. So it's less, like, many K-dramas. It's more like a Netflix show. Like, it's the same vein, so... Um, it's very good. It's the story of a orphan guy who is works at a psychiatric hospital as an aide and his who takes care of his brother who's autistic and every year they have to move because of drama or trauma trauma and he meets and interacts with his brother's favorite children's book author, a woman who has basically is like hinted at having anti-social personality disorder um and for the show it is i i really do think they do a decent job of showing what it's like like for for the depiction it is 
I think it's pretty okay handling things like mental illness and disability and trauma and you definitely feel things hmm. it there was one point where i was like i'm suddenly crying oh no <laughs> but it was just because you really connect with the characters and they're really well done and the female leads outfits are fucking gorgeous nice just watch for her clothes that's worth it um but yeah it's really cool and there's some cool like animation bits and stuff about her stories too her stories are like very fairy tale-esque and dark at the same time it's pretty cool yeah no it sounds, sounds good i mean again not really up my alley but sounds good <laughs> i cover the different side of the audience you yeah. cover one side I yeah cover the side. <laughs> yeah I, I, I was thinking that earlier too it's like yeah we definitely have like the opposite sides of nerd nerddom here but yeah no good stuff it sounds good, good hope stuff. you're enjoying Thank it you. or enjoyed it yes i am good um but yeah, yeah. i think we're all good to close on out uh-huh. unless you have something else to say no okay well anyways no. we can go for another five hours hey. so what i have to say about the movie ghost in the shell is no thank you guys for listening and I really enjoyed doing this episode we will talk to you later bye goodbye